You're listening to First Conyers Daily Podcast, Daily in the Word, with Pastor John Mark Oliver. Well, good morning. Today is Monday, May the 16th, and it's good to be on the daily devotion with you. I hope you had a good night's rest. I certainly did. I slept hard last night. I've been going pretty hard for the last well, week or better, and um doesn't seem as though it's going to be any clearing up. I jokingly call the month of May, Maycember, because it seems as though it's as packed as, uh, as December is and almost more packed than December is with different events, graduations, uh, end-of-the-year banquets for um, kids, preschool, all of those kinds of things. So, But we are in Maycember, and soon we'll be here in June. And as people begin to scatter during the summer for vacations and getaways. I want to encourage you to stay connected on the daily devotion and also stay connected uh, to your small group. That's so important uh, during the summer months. And so just to keep you connected with the body, it's easy to develop a habit uh, of not being a part of of the body. And so I encourage you to make make intentional plans to remain connected to the to the body here through the church over the summer. Well, an important announcement. I didn't announce this yesterday at church. I, I didn't feel like I should do that. Um, but Sandy and I are now grandparents again. Our fourth uh, fourth grandchild was born on last Friday, a little healthy boy. He was uh, six pounds and something, I can't remember, and a little over 19 inches. All I know is it was a little boy, and he's healthy, and mom and dad are elated and happy. And so we're excited to be grandparents again and looking forward to being able to see him in person when we make our trip out to California. And Sandy will leave in about a month, and then I'll leave in about five more weeks. And we'll be there. I'll be there for a couple of weeks during the summer. So... Uh, it's way out in San Diego, so I'm looking forward to that. Just what a blessing to have uh, just a new grandbaby. And so with that, uh, this is one of my favorite hymns. It has nothing to do with what we're looking at in Hebrews chapter 11, but I just wanted to do it this morning. Bless the assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Side. 
my Savior all the day long. Uh, Vonda asked what was my grandson's name, and his name is Benjamin Theodore, excuse me, Theodore Benjamin, Theodore George, and they're going to call him Teddy, Theodore George. George was, of course, my first, my dad's first name, and so, um, and then Noah just loves Theodore Roosevelt, so I think Teddy uh, was was the name they chose from that. Well, we're looking this morning in Hebrews chapter 11, still staying there in this chapter on faith and, and what it means to believe God for what we have not yet seen. Let me just make a comment. So many times this chapter and and uh, this idea of faith is is completely distorted from what Scripture teaches that faith is. Um, faith is not some mental assent that we if we conjure up in our mind enough vision, if you will, then whatever we claim by faith that God is obligated to do, that is not faith at all. As a matter of fact, that's, that's more witchcraft than it is faith. And so we don't have faith in our faith. We have faith in God, believing that when God makes a promise, believing that when God's yes is his yes, and his no is his no, that that which he declared will come to pass. Um, as, as an example, we now as believers believe by faith that because Jesus said he will return again, we believe that he is going to return again. And now, some in that particular instance, have the idea that they can predict the time and the date when Jesus is going to come back, and they look at the signs of the times and um, just just swear that he's going to be coming back in their lifetime. Well, that may be the case. It may not be the case. Uh, Jesus could delay his return, or the Father could relay, delay sending his Son for another thousand years. We don't know. But we have to live every day in faith, believing that because he said he would return and come and take us to be with him, that he will in fact do that. And so our faith is in, in God. Our faith is not in ourselves. Our faith is not in others. While God sometimes will use others to bring about his will and his purposes, and he'll use events to bring those things about, 
Our faith is in God. And so in Hebrews chapter 11, the writer is giving us examples or giving those original hearers, readers, and us as well, examples of those who lived their life by faith. And to live our life by faith doesn't mean that that we only, uh, that, that always, that, that good things are always going to happen as a result of faith. We're going to see later in this chapter that there were those who had faith in God and yet they were persecuted. They died. They were, uh, they were put to death because of their faith. And so our faith doesn't necessarily mean that we look for particular outcomes. Our faith means that we trust God regardless of what the outcomes in our life are. And we hold on to his promises. So the next example we're going to look at is in verse 23, where the writer speaks of Moses. And he says this of Moses, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful or that they saw or they recognized that there was something special about the child. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now, remember the king, the Pharaoh, had, had determined that all Hebrew male boys would be put to death because he began to fear uh, the number of the Hebrews that were growing in population, in the slave population, and, and feared that they would take over. And so the king ed- uh, put out a declaration, an edict, that all male boys under a certain age would be put to death. Um, but Moses' parents recognized and uh, scripture seems to indicate that they recognized there was something special about the boy and that God had a purpose for his life. The God of he- the Hebrews, the God that we worship, had a purpose in their life. So they hid him for three months. And, of course, we know the story that as Pharaoh's daughter was there in the reeds uh, where they had uh, hidden his basket in the reeds of the Nile, that she discovered little Moses and she took her into her household, Pharaoh's house itself, to raise the child. And so here we see in Moses' parents, there was a faith, a trust in God, um, that God would see provision in a way that their little boy Moses would be spared. And of course, looking back now, we do see the hand of God in that, that it was a part of God fulfilling his purposes through the nation of Israel, uh, those that were called into his own. While they were yet in slavery to Egypt, God had a plan and God had a purpose that he would soon bring them out of Egypt. Actually, almost 80 years now from this event that the writer is speaking of. And then verse 24, By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Now you have to imagine, if you can, the extreme wealth and privilege that Moses would have been afforded by growing up and being a part of Pharaoh's household. Um, (laughs) The discoveries in some of the tombs of the Egyptians uh, are tons and tons, literally tons of gold that would be buried with the Pharaohs. Um, in their in their pyramids, and the incredible wealth and privilege that Moses would have grown up. But it says here that by faith, Moses chose not to be identified, not to live in the privileges of being of the household of Pharaoh, but rather made the choice to 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 live and associate with the Hebrew slaves uh, rather than Pharaoh's household. By faith, he did this. And 
I can only imagine how much faith it would have taken. Now, the question is, why would Moses have chosen by faith? Well, I think the simple answer is, is that is that Moses revered the God of the Hebrews. Moses knew that he was the one true God. Of course, in Egypt, there were numerous deities, thousands, literally, that they would have worshipped, the different gods that they would have worshipped. They, they, were, they were pagan gods. They weren't God at all. And Moses refused that, and rather he chose to worship the one true God. The application for us is, as we, as we live in the world and the prosperity of the world, particularly in, in the West, in America that we live in, and if you are in a situation of meager means, realize and recognize that you live far better than the other two-thirds of the world with what we have in abundance and provision. And Moses chose, rather than to live in that, by faith, he chose to live with the people. And the application, again, for us is while we would not set our hearts, we would not set our mind on these earthly possessions that we have, but rather we would set our hope and our faith in God. I was telling someone the other day, um, I was speaking to them of, of the fact that that life is fleeting and, and there is going to be a day that we all die. And um, this particular gentleman was pursuing the things of the world and it seems to be that's where he's caught up and he is a believer. But I shared with him the number of men in particular that I've been with at their point of death as they were dying, uh, days or weeks leading up to their death. Not a single man has ever said to me, you know, I wish I had bought that boat. Not a single man has said to me, I wish I had gone ahead and built a bigger house. Not a single man has said to me, you know, I wish I had bought that car or that truck that I really wanted. You see, at that point, none of those things matter. But what I hear most often is I wish that I had served the Lord the way that that I knew I could. I wish I had given my life over to him more to be an instrument and a vessel for him, serving him, because I recognize that the greater purposes are kingdom purposes, not the kingdom that I could have built here. I've also heard men say, I wish I had spent more time with my kids or my grandkids. And so we see that the things of this earth are fleeting, and Moses recognized that. And blessed is a man who recognizes that in this life, that the things of this world are fleeting. They will pass away. They will drift away. But the thing that matters most is that which is eternal. And so we as believers, we want to live our life surrendered over to the will of the Father every single day. Now, that doesn't mean that God can't graciously provide us with those things. They're, they're not bad in themselves. They're really kind of neutral. It's a sense of where our heart is and what takes the resources that we have uh, do they take away from what we could invest in kingdom? The, the primary two resources that you and I have are economic means and our time. And uh, we should live our lives as believers, giving both of those over, first of all, to the Lord Jesus Christ and for his kingdom. And so by faith, we see Moses uh, not deciding to live there. Verse 26, he considered the reproach um, the reproach of Christ. He considered the reproach of Jesus greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking 
to the reward. And again, that's what I just said. We need to consider the reproach of Christ of greater wealth than the riches of this world and the reward of eternal rewards rather than the temporal rewards in this life. It says, by faith, in verse 27, he left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, we we understand that the first 40 years of Moses' life were spent there in Egypt. And of course, we remember the story that he witnessed one of his Hebrew brothers being beaten by an Egyptian uh, an Egyptian soldier and Moses in defending his Hebrew brother took a knife and he slayed the Egyptian uh, soldier and as a result of that he fled Egypt. Um, now he he fled Egypt because he knew the reprisal that would take place. The scripture doesn't tell us that he fled out of fear but he fled and some some have said that Moses spent the first 40 years of his life thinking he was somebody. He spent the next 40 years in Midian, uh, in the desert, the next 40 years of his life, coming to realize that he was not anybody, but he was really a nobody. And then the last 40 years of Moses' life, after he had led the children of Israel out of captivity in Egypt, he came to realize what God can do through a nobody. First 40 years thinking he was somebody, second 40 years coming to realize that he was really just a nobody, and then the last 40 years realizing what God can do through a nobody as we yield ourselves to him. And so no matter what our status in life, no matter who we are, God has a purpose in our life, and God wants to work through our lives um, in order to bring about his will. So he, by faith, he fled Egypt. Verse 28, by faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Remember, these are the plagues in Egypt. The last and final plague that God was going to use to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt was that the death angel was going to pass over. And he gave them instructions to slay a spotless lamb and place the blood over the doorpost and the lintel of their household. And as the death angel would pass over, he would not touch that home and the firstborn would not be, uh, would not be killed the male. But yet in all of Egypt, there was a, a darkened night where death through. And so by faith, Moses believed God that God, as he sent the death angel, would pass over. Now, this is, of course, a, a foreshadowing of Jesus being the lamb that was sacrificed, that those who would place their trust in Christ would not experience the second death, that is, eternal death, separated from God in hell, but they would experience life and that life everlasting. So by faith, he did that. And, and, and it's us as well. By faith... We figuratively apply the blood of Christ over our lives for an atonement and a payment for our sin. And by faith, we believe that the shed blood of Jesus has made us right, has made us righteous, has brought us into relationship with God. And our trust is in nothing more or nothing less than the blood of Christ. And that is what secures us our hope of eternity. It, it is not our works. It's not the right things that we do. We, we can be as moral as the day is long, but it does not save. Only the blood of Jesus saves. And so then verse 29, By faith the people crossed the Red Sea on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do, their same, do the same, were drowned. 
And so here we see, even after they had fled Egypt, and there were at least 600,000 males we know, men that we know, so well over a million uh, were set free from captivity in Egypt when they reached the Red Sea. It was a barrier, and I've been there to the Red Sea. It's a large body of water. And so they're standing there, and even the, the Israelites who had fled were grumbling against Moses. God instructs him to lift up his hand, and God, by an eastern wind, uh, all night sends, holds the waters back and the land is dry and they walk across and as Pharaoh's army is about to pursue them through the Red Sea, God relinquishes the wind and it drowns all of the soldiers. So all of this is by faith. And by faith, Moses looked to the one that would be sent to come as an atonement for his sins and the sins of the nation of Israel just as he was the atonement, that is, Jesus was the atonement for our sins, the payment for our sins. And so this morning, um, live your life by faith. Live your life trusting God, regardless of what comes today. Life can turn on a dime, but no matter what the circumstances are, live in a trust and a hope in him. We'll pray and ask God to give you an opportunity to share the gospel, to plant a seed of the gospel in somebody's heart today. And if you see the seed has been planted, that God would give you the wisdom to know how to cultivate it. And if God, by his mercy, would allow us to experience him graciously saving another, that would be great. I love you. I pray the Lord's blessings on you today, that he would keep you. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Please share this on your Facebook feed so that others can join us in the word of God. I love you. Have a great day. The Lord bless you. Thanks for listening to our daily podcast. For more information about First Conyers, visit our website at firstconyers.com.